Welcome to Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast, the show dedicated to the half demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen, and me, Kate Thompson. And we are recording on Saturday, <laughs> November seventh. Biden has just been declared president elect. Have cried many tears of joy, of relief, of just <laughs> cathartic tears today. <laughs> just fuck Trump, dude. Like, yeah, fuck get Trump. The I fuck agree. out of there. I I hope He's, he tries all his stupid recount bullshit and just spins his wheels until he has to get dragged out of there with yeah. his fucking fingernails left in the doorway. Exactly. <sighs> it's just like Poppy, like trying to pull Poppy off of the bed, which you might have just heard. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear it. Uh, <laughs> That's very funny. Growling. Just growling. Just growling away. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Trump. I'm done with that shit. Let's move on. Let's heal. I'm so Let's excited. Now with leadership that allows us to put in the work, you know? Yeah. Uh, not be distracted by some bullshit. And then, you know, let's give it up. Let's give it up for Kamala Harris, the first woman, woman of color. To be elected into national office. Yeah, it's That's a lot of awesome VP. new precedents that it's really fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll say too, like, Trump is just a symptom of a very fucked up system that got us here. And of course, Biden and Kamala aren't innocent of like all of that stuff. But I think that they'll actually be, they'll, they'll I think that they'll be held more accountable to their actions in this office than Trump ever was. He's a fucking joke. And yeah, he's a clown. Yeah. And I think like, you know, they Kamala and Biden don't have perfect records and they have pretty bad records for some shit, too. But it's like I think that that is very much under a microscope at this point. And like people are paying very, very close attention, like. I think that they'll be held more accountable and actually be responsive to that accountability. I agree. I Take think that, that accountability. I think that accountability, like responding I to hope accountability, so. that's, I, I have hope for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with so you. I'm like, 100% there. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you need. Like, we have, like, you, as you already stated, this is systematic, systematic, systematic. Uh, Hydromatic. Hydromatic. It's a grease of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that 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 that's the entire issue is the whole system. Yeah. But but when you have at least competent leadership, totally in place, just people who aren't people, a complete fucking joke, you know? Yeah, exactly. But the people that are doing the ground the groundwork of that bigger change that. That doesn't happen overnight, but it is, you know, that gradually happens over years. If you don't, if, if the leadership, if you have a leadership in place that's competent, they can focus on that work rather than having to defeat and go and constantly call out an incompetent leader. Yeah. You know what I and, mean? Yeah. Plus, like, and not to mention, like, the progressive people who, like, stayed in office or took office on like the ground level more like uh you know just like well, I mean let's give a big shout out to Stacey Abrams. Yeah, Stacey Abrams who really was the driving force to get people out. Yeah. And 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 her communities and it's just like amazing. It's it's like that stuff is going to be stuff that we're going to be talking about and 
culturally just lifting up. We have to continue to lift up. We should have already been lifting up and we just got to continue it. Yeah. I think it's it's like working, man. Like Nithya Raman winning in LA and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of, there's like a lot of cool shit happening besides just the presidential race. But thank fucking God Trump is gone. Like, it's such a huge relief just to just to not continue to validate a person like that, you know, just a yeah. blatant racist, sexist, homophobe, you know, it's just like and he's just sucks I'm, so bad to have a person like that have any level of authority. And ugh, it's so cool that he's fucking gone. I hope he gets fucking falls into a wood chipper or something. <laughs> and Mike Pence is like right behind him. I know. Fuck Mike Pence too. <laughs> Fucking Mike Pence and his stoic, his stoic evil. My sister was like, "Oh, I forget what we were talking about exactly," but she's like, "Yeah." And Mike Pence looked like he's trying to steal the recipe for the everlasting gobstopper, and it made me laugh so much. That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Andrea, who I'm pretty sure doesn't listen to this podcast, yeah, who but cares? that's okay. Shout she doesn't out. read Hellboy. I would try to get her to. Yeah, try to get that's her what to. That's what I'll get her for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, She'll get be like, thanks. New, <laughs> get one of those Hellboy essential, Hellboy universe yeah, essentials. That's and actually she, not a bad idea. That's very funny. I'll give her homework. Uh, I'm just, I'm overjoyed. I'm very happy. It's so great. That it just, it does really feel like your work that you want to do, whether it's in a community, whether it's personal for true change to the systematic problems that we have. Yeah. You have a you now have the space that feels more safe to do so. Absolutely. More safe like there's just a chance for it to grow. So that's how I feel. Yeah. I will probably got to stop talking or I'm going to start crying cuz <laughs> I'm a big crier. I It's it it's out. moving. It's really great. It's it really is. cool. And men and men need to cry. I'm tired of my that's whole right. life my whole life growing up it felt I was always an emotional person. Yeah. And being told by a like other people that men aren't supposed to show that or it's weakness is just I'm tired. That must be I'm really fun. hard for boys and for men. I don't even want to get us I, that. I, dude, I cry <laughs> at the drop of a hat. Yeah. I really I mean, cry. I'll cry at a commercial. I'll cry the oh, other on the day of on November 3rd, um uh Jess went out to like table for Nithya and I stayed home cuz just my knee was feeling jacked up. And so I watched Up, and it was, like, the (laughs) wrong movie to watch. (laughs) I fucking cried. The first, like, 11 minutes of that movie, I'm just, like, I I think I let out a literal sob. Like, I was, like, like, I let out a sound, you know? Yes, that movie, Um, the top of that movie does that for you. That's it. (laughs) I'm with you there. That's very funny. That is very funny. I mean, yeah, I... It was a My, good movie. It was cathartic, but it was also like maybe maybe not the best movie to watch when I was trying not to feel so sad. Totally. Um, if Beth, if I make Beth laugh sometimes, <laughs> I cry because I'm so happy. I made oh Beth. My, my wife cry. I mean, I mean, I mean, my wife laugh. I genuinely laugh. It makes me cry. That's how. Well, she's I also am. a tough nut. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's a she's a tough audience. <laughs> <laughs> Very so true. that's a that's a good achievement if you make Beth laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, very true. <laughs> but again, once again, congrats to Biden and Harris. I'm, yeah. so, I'm very much looking forward to their presidency, and 
Yeah. You know, this was a tough year, but we've, we, we've, uh, to the people out on the, on the ground floor, you know, thank you. That's all I can yeah. say. Uh, really pushing this change. Um, so before we get to these two issues that we're covering today, which will be War on Frogs, um, chapter five, and then the epilogue for the Black Flame, I have a little segment I wanted to hurry and quickly throw in here. A little hell if I know. Ooh. <laughs> it's literally just about the last thing, the last episode, because I was just so wrapped in my brain about this that I am truly convinced that the the in chapter four War on Frogs that the frog is that first guy. Yeah. And the reason my count was off is because I forgot. Because the guy that's the frog, that I I assume is the frog, yeah. he quietly disappears. But then the second person quietly disappears as well. They're like, oh, did you see Kruger or whatever his name is? Let's see. Uh, Kohler, Kohler. They're like, yeah. where'd Kohler go? And then the next ones that are all like gruesomely killed. But right. then they find Kohler like hung up. But that, that the math adds up, and there's only you know what I mean the one, and there's one missing, and then the one left. So it's like I wonder at what point he was he became a frog. I think he was a I, I, yeah I agree. I think he was a frog the whole time, like undercover infiltrating. I, that's what I think. That's what I, I I'm taking from it is that they integrated. I'm not saying that the world, the Hellboy like, universe or BPRD universe decided to yeah. expand on that. Yeah, but that's what I think. That's cool. And I would Creepy. Love to, yeah. I would love to hear from our listeners still on that. It's like a, thoughts. like the thing situation. Yes. Like it got in and like the frog like infected him at some point in there. Like, cause this wouldn't have been the first time they're cleaning out or uh, do they talk about it being like, oh, we, it's easy to kill frogs or something like that. In the top of that issue. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they talk about how it is, like, sort like of... Like, they've encountered them before. Yeah. So maybe that guy on, like, their last mission got got by a frog. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> in this one, he, like, waited until he could, like, single-handedly pick them off one by one. Yeah, they keep saying, like, they say a little bit of, like, I can hear Parker now. Three missions and you ain't bagged one frog. Why a kid could get... Why a kid could kill him. Not if you can't find him. And then the guy that I presume is the frog says, thought for sure this time, can't wait to blast humps into applesauce. And then he just slowly fades back into Ugh. the back of the line. And then, and then he's out, smiling. That weird smiling frog. I think you're right. So I think he's Hell just yeah. playing along until he's like, I got him. <laughs> Get him in but that's all. That was my hell if I know because that's I cool. it's ambiguous in a cool way, but that's what I think. <laughs> I love it. Um, but that being said, all we got for this episode is to finish this out. War on Frogs. Just yeah. to reiterate um, to our listeners that um, the order that we've been chosen to go with and following War on Frogs is following the BPRD Omnibus Edition Volume 2 Order of War on Frogs, which was reordered from its original release. So we're, we're landing on Chapter 5 today. And then following after that, we will be tackling what was originally War on Frogs Chapter 3, but it was reordered as the epilogue for the Black Flame. That will be the last issue we cover for this War on Frogs um, Part 3 episode. So... um. That being said, I'll let you take over, Kate, and walk sure. us through this, this last War on Frog story, which 
visually I think is really fucking neat. And cool. I love this one. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, this one is illustrated by Peter Snellberg with colors by Bjarni Hansen. Um, I guess are these dudes like Swedish as hell or I don't uh, know. I didn't look them I up. Don't I'll know. be honest. <laughs> um, but I think they did a killer job on this one. Yeah, I um, love the coloring on this. It's really cool. The cover's pretty great. We have Johan surrounded by these uh, creepy frogs, but they're not in like their usual attack mode. They're kind of just like surrounding him as though they're just standing there sort of with their. Yeah. And then they have like their like tongue. They're like sort of winding tentacly sort of tongues floating, seeming to float up and dissipate, like disappear into the top of the page with like a skull behind Johan and it's pretty cool. Yeah, the the tongues to me give off the impression of like they're like standing in visually or symbolically almost like as like their souls. Like yeah. their they definitely have form. like a smoky quality. Like they're they're the way that they they're they're like tendrily and then they kind of curl sort of seemingly like randomly. It's a very very much feels like smoke to me. Which is like gives off uh, again, like kind of elicits this feeling of like a soul or something like that. Yeah. Which we'll ethereal, see. Is it ethereal state? Is yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so cool. And then the issue itself opens in, with uh, Johan and a team of BPRD agents in Kansas in 06. Uh, they bust into this barn and find a bunch of frogs who are like genuflecting under this glowing stone <laughs> a really i love the effect on this stone like it doesn't sound like it should be so exciting but he uses like this mixture of like brush strokes like these dark black brush strokes on the outside and like sort of very small like thinner br cleaner brush strokes to kind of like give the effect of it just like gives it the effect of being like trans transparent or like translucent i don't yeah, know and it's luminous it's luminous and it's illuminated yeah, yeah yeah it's just like glowing and it's so it's so well done it's really cool looking yeah and i just want to just add to that this page is very cool i like the whole structure of this page yeah but that's why i'm somewhat disappointed on the digital one again of where on, on my it. digital one they actually show both which is such a oh, relief really yeah it actually like elongated and it shows you both parts of this like whole spread because oh. it's like a two page spread and it looks beautiful i'm so glad oh, that yeah mine is still split what a into bummer oh that's such a bummer like, again i I'm, yeah you can see it's like all oh. one thing on mine oh your version is so it's so pretty <laughs> I, it's very nice to have it all together really too i i think it's fun that just within these first two panels we yeah. see johan in and in a, in a in a kind of a role that we've never really seen him in. Yeah, he's and, like grouped leader, you know? Yeah. He's got his like, he's dual wielding fucking like nine millimeters or whatever yeah. the fuck. He really kicks in that door and is a little hero for a moment. Yeah, he kicks in the door. <laughs> um, It's great. And I like that the frogs have like sort of scraps of clothing falling off of them. Very like werewolfy kind of. Yeah. Because I think too, and that I think that that little tiny detail of the scraps of clothing sort of, sort of like 
is, you know, f- a little as much foreshadowing as you can have in one comic book issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sort of sh- is showing like remnants of their humanity are kind of left. Yeah. And we'll see why that matters in a second. They um because for now the BPRD team fucking turns their it turns them into applesauce, you know, shooting them with like eyeballs spewing out and like a lot of nice gore and slime. Uh just blasting their fucking hands off and shit, like really sending them <laughs> to hell. And then once the frogs are all dead, the rock stops glowing and falls to the floor. Bump. and their smoking bodies are just like sitting there twitching and you see the altar that they have that we've seen at like almost all of these places where the frogs are congregating and making like altars out of this and that whatever spinal cords are available (laughs) and so they're taking like a sample of oh well excuse me I mean uh, Johan approaches the rock everyone back to the transport Catlett return to me with a flamethrower that's right I have read the reports and he takes out this bottle and pours the contents onto this rock. And Johan says, I know all about you. And the rock splits open and this like eldritch, evil, crawly creature comes out. It's like a draw of Drew, um, not the, the children of Agdru Jihad. It like feels like uh, I hate when I can't think of their damn names because I, I say Sadu Hem, but that's only one of the children. One of the 369 Agdru Hem, the children Agdru of Agdru Hem, Jihad. Yes. Jihad. It feels like it's, it looks like it could possibly one be one of the Agdru Totally. Hem. It's <laughs> like got multiple um, meat grindery mouths and it's, uh, you know, it's got sort of frog-like little fingies and little tentacles. And uh, yeah, Johan basically pours on this acid that deteriorates it and kills it. And then the BPRD agent returns and he calls to Johan asking if he's finished. But when he does that, when Johan turns to look at him, he sees ghosts of the frog creatures just floating around. Obviously, this, uh, this guy doesn't see them, the BPRD agent. Um, so Johan's like, uh, no, we're, we're not ready just yet. And the ghosts are like, basically ask Johan, where do we go? Like, and he's like, do you see a light? Like he's trying to like <laughs> give them some advice. He's like, we gotta go. Like I have to go. And the frogs are like, yeah, we don't feel any kind of pull towards a light or anything or like whatever afterlife. I love when they just say to him, you're dead. Where do you go? <laughs> yeah. Where do you go? Like. What do you go to the <laughs> the rec center and take a class? <laughs> and he is like he like Johan kind of assesses them like they don't quite look totally like fog creatures. Like maybe they didn't transform all the way or something. And he's like, I don't think you guys are going to end up at the same place as me. And Johan allows the BP, the other agent to blast the bodies in the the barn. And then they're like kind of packing up, walking to the helicopter the guy's like i guess that's that huh and then when johan turns around their ghosts are still there like it doesn't matter that their bodies were burned and they follow them to like they continue to follow them into the helicopter and they seem to start to infect almost the like body and spirit of the of the one agent who by the time he gets back to the bprd headquarters looks like shit he's like i don't feel so good hell somebody get me a priest you know he's like feels like shit and so they're sort of like 
they're sort of like blackmailing Johan into being like, okay, well, we're going to hang out and fuck with the people around you until you help us figure out where to go. He's like, okay, um, I'll help you. We'll, we'll find out where you go. Soon, soon, the ghost man bleh, will lead us to deathless sky. Like, it's, you know, they're, they, they know they want to go somewhere that's, you know. I love that, that frame. It almost looks like he's having a sleepover with all the... The, it's so funny. And he's they're like just annoyingly like lurking around. And he's <laughs> like, uh, OK, he's trying to look. Daimyo calls him on the phone and he, he like he, he and Daimyo kind of take a break and go talk to each other. And Johan sort of tells him what's up. Like, yeah, they're sort of these creatures or these ghosts are here now. Daimyo's like, well, that sucks. Like, that's never happened before. And Johan's like, yeah, they're like a corrupting influence around here. They're they're doing bad shit. And Daimyo's like, well, I can't really help with that because that's sort of like your department. So you take care of that. I'm going to go continue to kill these other frogs that are out there in the world. So Johan's sort of shit out of luck. He's kind of like on his own. And then he goes back to like check in on the frogs he's like wait weren't there six of you and then he goes over to <laughs> the agent uh catlet who was there with the flamethrower who's like coughing he looks like shit he looks like he has a fucking bubonic plague and oh. one of the frogs is like hovering over him like all drippy his ghost is like all drippy and gross and he's like perched on his uh hospital bed and catlet's just like hacking out blood and then they open up the sample container, like the fridge, the sample fridge. And another ghost like sort of floats out like a little kid who did something bad. And there's all like disgusting eyeballs and like writhing tentacles and slime in there. <laughs> and Johan's finally like, OK, all right, you know, we're going to figure this out. And he leaves his the, the like safety of his suit and takes his spectral form to try to basically have a seance with the spirits of these frogs, which he kind of hasn't done up to this point because it's like puts him in a vulnerable position. Like it kind of yeah. puts him in danger to be outside of the suit. So he has them all join hands and they reach out with their minds and try to find it. And then they finally see this like light starts to glow. Look there, paradise, paradise everlasting. And it's just this fucking tear in the sky that looks like a, this gaping maw with like claws and tentacles and some terrible ancient language coming out. Yeah, I really like the color usage here because thus far we've had very vibrant colors throughout oh, yeah. this issue. But I love they have this choice to sort of dampen down on the on the they're they're still vibrant, but totally. there's like a fog and like it just creates this illusion or not illusion, but like gives it such a like an eeriness and to it. Totally. Yeah. With the purples and the greens, like it's like a yeah, it's a very spooky, like otherworldly kind of feeling that we get from this coloring. It's really, really cool. It's like a fucking illuminated bruise or something like it looks yeah. bad, you know, <laughs> it looks it, it, it looks very uninviting to us. But to the frogs, they're like, we and like smiling and wanting to go. <laughs> and Johan's like looking on in horror and Johan's like, OK, well, see you later. And then a tentacle starts to reach out and tries to grab Johan's spirit. And he has to he's just like screaming no and has to fly back in his spiritual form back to the headquarters and like as quickly as he possibly can 
And then the next page, it cuts to Johan holding a Bible, <laughs> reading a Bible in the break room or whatever. Yeah. And Daimyo very like pleasantly, like he's like, hey, you know, we had to get rid of your one suit. It was in that in the pile of all that crap that came out of the sample fridge and <laughs> it smelled really bad. So and he's like, hey, um, you know, I'm really sorry that I kind of dismissed that your soul was at risk. <laughs> I just have to have like, I have to be like a hard nose kind of a dude. And, you know, sorry about that. It's uh, not so easy to do that here. It, oh, he he like took Johan for granted, I guess. So he does admit that. And um, Johan's kind of like accepts the apology in so many words and continues to read the Bible yeah. uh, <laughs> to be like, because like in the same way that his containment suit had all that junk on it. Probably getting your soul wrapped up in a tentacle of a terrible Lovecraftian yeah. creature probably leaves you feeling not so fresh. So he's yeah. reading this Bible. You can't take a shower too. Yeah, he he's does. like, I, yeah, he's like, I gotta just take a spiritual bath right here. <laughs> I loved this. Yeah, I, I thought just, it was so cool. I just visually think it's so. It doesn't feel out of place among the rest of the series, but it feels they put their own unique touch on it absolutely like the the brush strokes that they use for the frogs and for like the the ghosts kind mm -hmm. of like creatures i think really add like make it a, have its own unique feeling even like in comparison to like i think that the the living figures or like johan's suit has like a very solid feeling but then the frogs have like this just complete other texture that's kind of brought in like it's 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 really uh, like it, like you said, like it it fits and blends with the rest of the series, but also has its own unique kind of like charming look to it. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I, I I love all the touches. I I'm really in love with this version of Johan visually, a lot. Oh, totally. Yeah, Even like he, him in his ethereal form. I really like the all the expressions they put on his ghost face of terror and yeah. everything is so good. Because he's seen some shit, so for him to get this scared, it's like, must be just te truly terrible. Yeah. One of my favorite frames uh, is on the page. I mean, there's a lot of, like, larger splash or half pages that are very good. Yeah. Ha like, I love when the one, uh, when we first see the ghosts and the and the agents there with the, the flamethrower, great. So or cool. But I love two pages, next two pages over... When him and that uh, frog ghost are facing each other and, they, and it has the dialogue where it's one little like sort of frame uh, panel with the it with its mouth gaping and like really getting in Johan's face. Yeah. And he and Johan's like, there's something you don't look quite as as the frog creatures do. You're different. We are not different. We are one. We are blessed. I don't know yeah. why. I love that panel. I think that panel is so simple, but just. It, it really defines like what the whole little short story is about and like totally. one little thing. I mean, I love that. I love, I mean, and there's so many cool, just simple frames, like even him just walking back in the office and seeing that there's, you know, two of them missing. 
That's right. Great. All the goop coming out of the f- f- fridge is just so well. I done like and their fun. and I like their like shark like jaws in this one. Like they look very dangerous and sharp. Yeah. You know, they look like they could fucking do some damage. I'm with you there. They definitely can. I love the you win panel too of Johan coming yeah. out of the fingers and forming. <laughs> like giving in, like, okay, we gotta get you guys out of here. Yeah. You've stayed too long. <sighs> I just, they're, I think the coloring just stands out. It's just so good. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. When they, when that's sort of like double page where Johan's facing the paradise that he brought the other creatures to. It's just a really cool sequence. Yeah. And I like how they've really defined a source of light from it because it's like dark around them and there's like a, but then when the light in that that panel on that pager discussion hits hits Johan, it really illuminates him almost if he is in human form so much. Yeah. It's really cool. Oh, yeah. That choice. I love it. God, it's – I'm definitely going to have to look up these guys. I'm, I unfortunately just haven't taken the time to look them up. Yeah, um, it's definitely I, something like even – and they're, they're like working the sketchbooks too. Or I guess it would just be um, – uh, ba Peter Snellber- Snellberg. Um, mm-hmm. it, the sketches are so cool; they're really great. Yeah, and I can confirm that the the stuff that was in Volume Two that you were talking about last episode, I checked out the they're in the omnibus as well. In the oh, sketchbook. sweet! So Hell yeah! Those those comparisons and things. Got any okay. other favorites from this? I think as a whole, it just works so beautifully. Totally. Uh, yeah, it's just nice. To, uh, I always love a Johan story, like, to explore that part of, you know, you literally have a guy who's, like, in a spiritual form, so it is always interesting to check out that aspect of their missions. Yeah. I think John Arcudi really does, like, a fun exploration. I mean, he's definitely built a lot of these characters for the ma- majority of thus far for us. Mm-hmm. But I love these little these. He really takes the opportunity when he does these, especially even did it with the Roger one. Even though he is dead and the story was, he did that to further develop his character when he went back to Cavendish Hall. And then this is another one, especially even with even with the uh, the revival story that he wrote. The, each one sort of just flesh. It just it seems like he's just choosing to flesh out another corner of the character. Mm-hmm. Whether he's doing it for himself or for us, it just works so well yeah so cool i'm I'm a huge fan of this one i definitely need totally. to after we are done recording i gotta check out these artists and their other work <laughs> oh yeah uh love it let's move on to the next and final story of that we're including on for our part three of war on frogs which is oh, yeah. the black flame epilogue and just to re- to remind people that the, we just chose to use this one because it's original publishing it was a War on Frogs chapter three, and that regards that we're just going to continue um, just tacking this one onto the end of these this run of of War on Frogs for our podcast. But if you are reading Black of Flame for the first time, you would just continue to read this now part of it. This yeah. chapter we just due to our my choice our choice to go chronologically and keep that as close as possible. I just decided to cover it on the end of this as well instead. Yeah. 
They did have a cover. I don't know if you like an epilogue, like a yeah. Cover that I don't of, have the one in color. That one's awesome. Yeah, the color is really cool in the omnibus. I love Liz, that. Liz just blasting some fucking frogs. Mignola's, it's beautiful. And Mignola's minimalist, minimalist style is really kinetic through the whole thing. I love the frog and the, f- the like purple and blue of the frog in the foreground. I think that's yeah. really nice. I have uh, the illustration, but it's like with the monotone, like tan brown sort of background. A choice that we know we'll never yeah. get behind. Still baffles <laughs> us. Yeah, but this one is super cool. Um, written by Mignola and Arcudi. Uh, this one was illustrated by Carl Moline and colored by Dave Stewart, um, lettered by Clem Robbins. Ooh. And it's like a cool look at Liz post, uh, obviously like post Black Flame events. Yeah, it's like leading right into Killing Ground, right? Yeah. Um, I, or I believe so, if I, if I have my order correct. I'm pretty sure. Sure. I mean, there's other storylines, but for Liz, it feels like that's the trajectory that we're sort of uh, following. Yeah, we see her like right after receiving that lotus flower. Because the universal, um, the universal machine. I think she she's more just background. She's because she's not taking focus. Yeah. And then Garden of Souls, I guess she's also she's just going through her little like weird. She's being controlled. Yeah, she's really super out of it. And that's exactly, you know, from the very first panel, we see a close-up of her and she just looks tired and defeated. Yeah. You know, she just looks like she has fucking depression. Yeah. (laughs) BPRD headquarters, July 2006. And then it's just this vacant look with like dark circles around her eyes. Um, Yeah, it's like somebody with insomnia. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Because she's having like restless sleep the whole time. and. Being like plagued in her mind by she doesn't even know who at this point. Totally. Um, and then we have this BPRD character, Ashley Strode, who tries to say hi to Liz and, you know, tries to be like friendly. And the other BPRD agents that are with Ashley are like, uh, you're you fucking nerd. Like, don't try to be friends with the like, you know, the like supernatural people on this team. Um uh, and they're like, yeah, she's just sick. Um, and they all sort of like are just talking, but basically it's like Agent Sherman's fucking crazy. Uh, and, you know, you wouldn't want to be friends with her anyway. Um, they do this dumb joke about like one of the agents is like. Says to Ashley, "Ooh, I didn't know you swung that way, Ash. And then she responds in a, also a weird way. See, this is exactly my problem. Uh, you got plenty of other guys around to play your idiot guy games with. A few women around here are the few women around here are girly girl secretaries types upstairs. But Agent Sherman is more like me, tough, or she was. Which is yeah. like a very. It's like, I mean, I think that this has kind of been. I mean, when was this shit published? It was like it's two thousand eight or two. I mean, yeah. it could be around the year. Oh. Yeah, I think 08 or 09. It's, oh, wait, sorry. It says exactly. Yeah, June 2009. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I think that this attitude has been like pretty thoroughly addressed by women in comics, which is amazing to show you like how in 11 years, attitudes like this can change so much, where 
it's kind of like this weird, like, I'm not like other girls kind of a thing was pretty yeah. pervasive. And I think that now it's in general, pretty much like tamped down or done away with. And you have like more supportive, like female characters and shit, which I think is what they're trying to go for here. But they do it in a way that like dismisses other women or like belittles the other women, at, you know, this girly girl secretary types like yeah. it's it's like it's not really like that. It's not like a them or me situation like this character. Ashley can want to befriend Liz without being like because I'm the only girl in the office like that's not it's just not yeah. the most like. Div, like it's not the deepest reason to want to be friends with somebody yeah, or whatever the fuck. I agree, um, and also like the the very there's a small tinge of homophobia in there. Sure, yeah, you joke. gotta you sprinkle it all in. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's right. it's one of those things when like it will bump me every time, even if I like the story. Totally, even if I appreciate the overall writing from Arcudi, these these things will always like bump me and be like. Okay, like, I'm, and I think I like you really see like even a well intentioned uh, writer can just make missteps because I mean, that's why you have to have women writing comic books too. And shit yeah. like that. You just have to like, I don't know. It, it just strike It just rings false. Right. Like mm -hmm. it's, I mean, and I'm sure that women have said and continued to say shit like this where it's like, I'm not like the other girls. I like to, you know, whatever the fuck, but <laughs> yeah. it's just not, necessary and doesn't and i think that m most women that i know are able to like say something nice about another woman without disparaging another one or group of women yeah it's getting rid so, of like it's getting rid of the idea of making things the norm really like yeah. the, it's it's just finally we're getting to the the standard where there's like not a there's not these dumb dumb with a lack of a better word like baselines for normalcy we're just yeah. like no i'm a woman and i happen to do this who cares give shit it also like yeah it paints these other it paints these like girly secretary types as not tough where it's like if you're an agent at a you know <laughs> even if you're a secretary at the bprd i bet you have to do like i bet you have to like roll and shoot a gun accurately or some crazy shit you know it's like seems like it would be hard work yeah, and you um, don't think you don't think you have to be tough to put up with bureaucracy of like Tom Manning? Come on. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Manning needs things in triplicate. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. So I think that that's the only like part to me really that kind of like snagged me a lot on this one because I was just like, it just didn't age well, you know? Things tend to not to. So. Yeah. 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 Which is not like to say that I'm not like, oh, this sucks or like our cutie sucks or something like that. It's just like, oh, okay, clearly that point of view existed and, of course, still does exist, especially with a lot of women who have internalized misogyny and shit like that. But, you know, I think that as a society, we're fucking moving past that a bit, which is cool. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it just got to keep working at it. It's the thing that Hell you yeah. keep doing. It's slow, slow change. But, yeah, so there's kind of like this flashback to Louisiana April 2005, where we see this like warehouse is completely engulfed in flame. Johan and Roger and Daimyo are all standing outside of it talking about it like, yeah, like Liz blew it up and it would have been nice to like look at the glyphs and 
take some information and stuff because we're trying to gather information about the frogs, not just torch them. And Liz comes out and is like, give me a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) And Damio's like, yeah, this is fucking too much. Like you're just blasting this whole building down. And she's like, yeah, it's called being effective by and like kind of walks away. She's clearly like somewhere else mentally. And Ashley is at this point still trying to be like, hey, hi, Liz. And Liz is like not even seeing her. (laughs) Um, And one of the other BPRD agents is like, don't be friends with her. She burned down her family and her whole neighborhood. And she's a real psycho. But if you want to be her friend, go ahead. And then it shows several more encounters with frogs with kind of Liz at the forefront, blasting everybody lighting all these frogs up sort of every time a little bit separated from the BPRD agents. I think, you know, one, because it's like a more dynamic composition to have like this chick with like fire coming out of her hands kind of be silhouetted by the fire. But it also shows you like the separation between the agents and Liz. Totally. You know, she's not very like emotionally open to befriending any of these people. She just not, you know, she's not really making friends there. Yeah, and um, I think I might be inferring a little bit, but you feel like, too, it feels like there might be trying to illustrate, too, that she's sort of taking out a lot of her own internal pain and yeah, out on these beasts. And you don't that's sort of a, a very personal thing that would separate you from your teammates. I think you're right, especially like with this bottom one, Oregon, November. You see the frogs like with almost like expressions of fear on their faces. They run away from Liz, who's like following them and and burning them. And there's no agent to be around. It's just Liz yeah, and the frogs. She's just there just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> burning them up. <laughs> and then later, uh, February 2006, Ashley's walk like had been, you know, playing basketball with one of the other agents. Tries to say hi to Liz. Liz was like, oh, I didn't know we had any um, female combatants or whatever. It was like, yeah, I was transferred from the Navy. Isn't that cool? She's like, all right, see you later. Like Liz still kind of brushes her off. Like, But then Liz, we see, goes to talk to Kate and Abe and is like, hey, I miss you guys. You know, it's nice to like talk to you guys. But Kate sort of like gives her this assignment. Liz sort of deems beneath her mm-hmm. a little bit. She's like, yeah, there's no fucking action here. I can't like light anybody up. That's like sort of my job. And Kate's kind of like countering like, yeah, well, your job is also to develop a team and you're not getting close to anybody here. You know, it's not punishment, Liz. It's your job. Think of it as an opportunity with no action. You can focus on procedure. And Liz just like hilarious fucking runs out. Like, fuck you. So, you know, she's definitely taking it like a little bit of maybe there's a little bit of hidden criticism with her, 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 like her behavior on the field. Mm -hmm. She's not taking it well. (laughs) Yeah. If I mean, if Daimyo is telling you that you're too much, then you're too much. Like, you know, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the podcast or not. And if I did, I'm sorry to repeat it. But when I was when I visited Spain in my life back in like 2006, I went to a hardcore show in Spain. Cool. Some like OC hardcore band. I can't remember which one it was. Off the That's top of my crazy. Head. I was like, I just want to go out because I went, I was like, let's go to a hardcore show. And, <laughs> and I got in the pit and I started just giving oh it my, my God. all. And a very tall Spanish man <laughs> stopped me. <laughs> he stopped me and just like gave me the symbol with his hands of like, 
calm it down. And I was like, Oh my God. And I'm like, not that crazy. Like I, I, I have a lot of energy. I definitely didn't go hard. I wasn't like a person. You would think, that, you know, the pit at a hardcore punches. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I think that's it, what you're, you're supposed to do, right? Yeah. I always think, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. But also I never thought of myself as like the hardest one in the room or, but it no. was just so, I felt a little pride. I'll be honest of being like, that's told funny. I have to calm down. Like, Hey, whoa, buddy. That, I'm just saying that was my Liz Sherman daimyo moment. moment. That's so funny. <laughs> Those pits are crazy too. Like, yeah, I was surprised I was even brave enough to get in it. To be honest, I was probably just, yeah. that trip had a weird complication. So I probably let off a lot of steam anyway. Yeah, you're like, Liz, you had a lot of emotions pent up and things on your mind. So we can all relate to Liz's predicament here. I think. For sure. Some frustration. Doesn't know what the fuck's going on in her own head. Uh, so yeah, she's. this is their, her hardcore show is going to burn all these frogs up. And then we see her like going to, on this mission. She's like, you know, it is her job. She does have to go. She's not happy about it, but she does. And there's all these glyphs carved into the wall. And they're like, okay, we'll just wait for Johan to come and check these out. And Liz is like, nope, we're going in. We're going in right now. Let's go check it out. So she's still kind of like, fuck you to like, has this sort of like rebelling against her orders kind of a thing. Um, she's like, yeah, you guys check upstairs. I'm going to go check the basement. Liz goes down to the basement, sees just like a wig on a <laughs> well at first she sees hair she thinks it's like a little girl and we're kind of supposed to think that too where it's like this um tension building as the other two agents walk upstairs you see more and more glyphs that and they're kind of like talking amongst each other like man fire you know heat heat goes up like i'm scared to go up here like he's still kind of shit talking liz ashley's still defending liz like hey she's fucking cool don't be a dick basically and as they're like trying to call signal agent uh agent sherman like trying to call Liz, we see revealed a fucking huge frog with a bunch of other little minion frogs all around him i really like that panel yeah it's really fun <laughs> it's a fun like horror like it's not like it's not completely like scary like in the like a jump scare but it's just you know it's so coming ominous and fucking yeah perfect. <laughs> it's really great I like, you know, how I like how they just glow from the inside, I think gives them such a cool, spacey kind of a feel. Yeah, um, and I love how Stuart chose, and maybe it's the, the, the pencils as well working together, but how the tongue sort of disappears into the glow on that yeah, big frog. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. And meanwhile, Liz downstairs, you know, it's revealed that the hair was just a wig, <laughs> a wig on a, um, on a like bust. That's down there. And Liz just comes back outside like, yeah, nothing upstairs. Oh, no. And just the scratchings. Uh, where are the other guys? And then we see the other guys are Ashley's being wrapped up in a in a tongue, like <laughs> having her like energy be sucked out of her, like get it like turning numb, like whatever the tongue does to you. I know it like numbs you and makes you like pained slash numb, yeah. which sounds bad. Um, the other agent ripped to fucking shreds. <laughs> ripped in He's two. just in bits on the ground. Um, you know, his guts are out. I love that he's just been talking so much shit and this is what happens to right. him. Right. And they just he just gets fucking ripped in half. Uh, they rip the helmet off of Ashley and start like kind of touching her head in a way that's like, I guess they're going to just devour her in some kind of weird 
kind of like um uh what's Ritual, the word I'm looking ritualistic, for? ritualistic kind of a way yeah. absolutely yeah it's interesting because they pull her hood off and everything it seems mm-hmm. almost ceremonial totally yeah exactly and so that's kind of happening um up until we see the frog like smoke start emanate from its from its nostrils and then a huge full-blown fireball and I, as Liz I, I comes add, up, I want to add on the nostrils. I love to have the the eyeballs have yes. the fire in them. And there's a little yeah. It looks ex- like they're about to pop. And they've drawn an exclamation point in one of the, in the eyeball of the. Oh giant. yeah, the like shiny, <laughs> the like reflection is also a crazy exclamation point. It's really fun. I don't know if that he's I intentionally meaning an exclamation. I point. bet it yeah. is. Yeah, it's very fun. <laughs> it's really great. Yeah, because it's like oh. Like, did it just get hot in here? (laughs) And then you see, like, the head of that big frog is completely burst. Like, Liz heated him up real good and popped him. The other frogs kind of stay at bay while Liz holds up her fiery hand and is like, yeah, you're next. Like, basically, like, holding a loaded gun at them. And she picks up Ashley. I like this line of, like, you know, she's like, oh, why don't, like, Ashley's, like, asking why the frogs aren't attacking. Liz says, oh, they will. Soon as they get over Big Poppy's head exploding, which is a pretty <laughs> funny line. The trick is, how do I torch all of them and get you out alive? You know, and then, but Ashley like recovers really quickly. And as a frog jumps to attack them, she lifts her shotgun and blasts its head off. So then you get a cool shot of them like together, Liz blasting the frogs on her side with fire, Ashley filling the frogs on her side with lead and kind of just keeping them off. But she's almost out of ammo, so we got to get out of here. And Liz takes care of the rest of them and, like, burns the fucking building. (laughs) That was pretty impressive, Agent Ashley. I I mean, Agent Strode. Uh, I'd better phone all this into HQ. You're going to be okay. I'm fine. Thanks, Agent Sherman. Call me Liz. So, like, they were cool. Like, they had this moment on this mission where everything was, like, okay. She's, like, finally, Liz is finally opening up a little bit. It seems like things are are getting a little bit better as far as her letting the other agents in. But now back at the cafeteria, she's like right back to being totally depressed and withdrawn. Well, I think we're, we're jumping back. I think we're jumping back. Like all of that is a flashback, right? Is that- Yes. All, well, all of the like mission stuff was a flashback. Yeah. And then we jump but back then, to the cafeteria. Yeah. It jumps back to the present and, and Sherman's like, any any like leeway that's been made, any like progress that's been made with Liz connecting with other people is like shot. She's totally like she received that lotus and now she's like completely under the influence of Memnon Saw. Yeah. So she just looks like she's like a shell, you know, she's like a ghost. Yeah. And she'll be so, a shell until Lobster Johnson shows up in ghost form and shoots some ghost bullets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, and the agents are just kind of still talking. Throw out all the stuff you thought you knew, like logic and common sense. If you can't do that, you'll never know what's going on around here. And like Liz, there's like a shot of her like kind of looking down. And then we see the hand of Memnon saw on her shoulder. And it kind of like zooms back out. And she's just like in this empty plane of existence, you know, this like Yikes. desert sort of like plane. Um, so yeah, she's super isolated, like in her own mind, she's completely isolated by herself with only Memnon saw like guiding her to do whatever, whatever his little bad mechanic machinations are to like 
have whatever evil shit he wants to happen happen. And that's the end of that one. It's it's like a Ooh. bummer for, yeah. you know, you're like, ah, you want to see Liz get out of it, but she's going to be stuck in this way for yeah. a little bit still. I mean, luckily we have chosen, we've re- re- read a Beyond the Black Flame, but yeah, we didn't tack that on, but that is even, an, I mean, we already ended on Black Flame knowing that some shit was up because you passed out and all that, but like, mm-hmm. or what, I can't remember the, when that, which one that happened off the top of my head right now, but this definitely is like more ominous and more like what you just said a bummer <laughs> so creepy it's, and yeah it's sad for liz but it's it, it but that being said it's like cool to be like if you end on this bummer no it's definitely more joyous and relieving at the end when lobster johnson finally shows up and shoots his ghost bullets totally <laughs> and gets her back you know yeah so absolutely very cool. I mean, another solid. I I, I think a spe- I want to just iterate that I think something that was like a tack on to a compl- already completed story is pretty great. Like they Absolutely. did a good job, I think, of just exploring. I mean, I I, I want to reiterate too, just in addition to what you already called out. I think my only issue with the with the with this issue, the only issues with the issue, blah blah blah, but <laughs> would be that it's the the aging problem like instead of just coming to the coming to the table with two female leads and their relationship at at a crossroads due to her control of this other figure they decided to be like well it's weird to have two women we have to like have them combat that system i'm not saying that's not true that women haven't been up against a system but it's just sort of I it always rubs me the wrong way when men are like, well, I have to show them combat with this system. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just trips over itself these days. Maybe I'm probably not being articulate enough or correct. No, I think I know what you're saying. It's definitely like, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's just changed. Like the, I think the attitudes towards there being so few women and yeah, you know, it's it's tough because like they. I think that they did write it so that Ashley wants to be and continues to want to be Liz's friend. Like there's no point where she writes off Liz completely, which is great. But yeah, I just think that to frame it in like in comparison to like, well, there are other women who work here, but they're not tough ones like me. I mean, that could be true if she's the only female, like if she's the only female agent who goes on missions like this. I guess that there could be like a feeling of isolation and wanting to have another woman on the team. But I don't know. I think it's just not done as deftly as it could have been. Like there's good stuff about it. There's yeah. stuff that I do like about it. But it's like, you know, it's just not it doesn't it doesn't feel 100 percent true. And I, I and I really just think that that's something that could be handled like like the plot points aren't fucked up exactly it's just the i think just the little bits of dialogue here and there if they were changed i think it could have aged a little bit better yeah it's it it comes off a little bit of maybe not they didn't they, maybe that is the intention but not but it's like it comes off a little toxic in the sense of like it's 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 them against them but like the men against women in a weird way and like oh you're now one of us don't you know what i mean like yeah because you're not like the girly girls that bullshit (laughs) it just makes me think like there's probably a case in i mean in comic books there weren't as many women working 
uh, in True. comics. And so maybe, you know, at some point or another, our cutie saw some sort of like comparable situation where one woman said to was saying to him or to one of his colleagues, like, it would be nice to have another fucking woman around here who's not just a secretary, like a creative person. And that's not really something that it's just not something that I I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to like discount because this is probably something that he experienced like that. Yeah, Um, I I, I, that's what I was. I've had a hard time trying to get my thoughts because I don't think you can't discount that experience from women because they're up against a massage. And women have said shit like this where it's like, yeah, I want to have another like like say, okay, so let's fully like draw the comparison to comic books. Like if you were like, damn, I wish there was another create like woman in a creative position at this comic book company, not just secretaries. That doesn't say like, I think the secretaries are bad. That's to say that the female person, like the, the person in this situation would be like, I just wish that there were more women around here doing creative shit. Like you don't have to disparage the people who work there in other capacities in order to want somebody who more women on on the team. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm, totally. I'm sorry if I'm like beating this dead horse, no, but it's just, it, I'm I trying to like, I'm trying to like articulate it in my own way. <laughs> no, please beat it. I mean, yeah. I, you're the one that can speak, <laughs> you can speak to it better than I can. I think you're aware of shit like that too. And that's the thing too. It's like, you're, you're talking about, I think like we've talked in this episode a lot about like, you know, I think like you're a pretty aware person of your own like situation and your own like, you know, I think that you try to be aware of your own personal biases and try to resolve them and stuff. Like you're a pretty, you're like a mature person in that regard. And I think that, so I think that, you know, as a guy, I think that you can totally see this. Like, and I think that most guys can see what we're talking about. It's just a matter of like, how willing are you to acknowledge yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. You know, you have so, to yeah. acknowledge it if it's going to, if it's going to change. I don't, yeah, you totally. can't just be like, well, I'm not that. Well, eh, you probably have a little bit of it in you. Even if yeah. it's, even if your percentage is small, if you don't acknowledge the yeah. small percentage, it's, it can easily erode. It just permeates everything that we look at. Like, it's just like that kind of, you know, it's like sexism and shit in general. I'm talking about now yeah, where it's totally. like, you know, we live in like a patriarchal society and shit, and that stuff really does get into the bones of everything. Like, you know, if it's in people's consciousnesses and subconsciousnesses, it's going to get into their creative things like this comic book. So yes, it's like it's coming out and it's just being aware of it and being like, OK, like the fact that I'm even aware of it and can talk about it now is great it's helpful in like you know pointing it out and being like okay how can we change that in a actual practical way instead of just being like oh some girls are like this and some girls are like that like that shit's boring and dumb and yeah so- <laughs> yeah but i think also if you can then if you can acknowledge it in another creative if you can acknowledge it in somebody's work such as john arcudi who i admire as a writer totally and acknowledge those short like those those short those those missteps then when you attempt to do something, you can you can not have to make the same misstep. You yeah. can grow from off of each other. It's it's yeah. if anything, his work, its misstep will can guide you in the right place. Totally, so. yeah. But that being said, I mean the, the the issue is a fun issue. I do like like super cool all the action. I have to say, I think my favorite thing overall on the whole issue is 
the choice to make that giant frog so frog-esque. Like, <laughs> yeah. He literally has the he, – he's – he has like muscles that look humanoid, but he still has the stance. Like when we cut back yeah. to him holding, uh, what is her name? Oh my God. What's Ashley. The, Ashley in his tongue. He's so frog. Like his, just his stance yeah. and his hind legs are so bent in a frog. Yeah. He looks like he fucking caught a fly or something. Yeah. And I think that's just a fun, absolutely fun choice. Cause we have seen, we were so, our eye has been so used to the humanoid frog that we've gotten yeah. over and over. So like they'll sort of be like crouching. Like all the rest of them are kind of crouched like in a froggy stance, but this one's just really fully froggy. Yeah. He's like a he's like the tank of this group too, you yeah. know? Like we've seen the ones like in previous issues of War on Frogs where they're like, one is basically just a big like egg sac incubator thing. Like <laughs> you can assume that there are different kinds of frogs for whatever situation the frogs need at the time. So like they need a big tank guy up here. So they have one. It's just fun. It's like fun to see the different mutations and shit. Yeah. I'm with you. It's I love it. fun. And I, I really did like that. Hey, uh, oh, one, one of the big two things I like the page of all the progression that we, we briefly discussed of, of her sort of getting further and further away from the, the bureau in a sense or her her teammates. Yeah. Those three progressions. I love that they went to Utah, my home state, you know, it's a garbage <laughs> it's a garbage state. It's a red it went red this this election so they can fuck off for the time. <laughs> but but then the page before that, I really liked the choice when they did the flashback panel of Liz um when we find out that she burnt like that little quick blurb about her burning her entire family and neighborhood. I really like the artistic choice that they did it in such a a manner that it looks like a child, as if a child, possibly Liz as a child, drew the event. Like the strokes look very childish, and I like that touch. Oh, yeah. I think that's even with the the burning building specifically, and the sort of the flames look a little curt, like a child would draw. And yeah, like the memory of a, yes. of a child. That's cool. I really like that touch. But overall, I think it is a good story. I just, I mean, I do like, I mean, I, I'm wondering if this character will at all come back. It'd be cool if they did this, this agent later on, but we'll have to. Yeah. Have to it's see. like you bothered to make this character. You might as well use, continue to use them. Yeah. I hope so. I can only yeah. say that. Anything else you wanted to call out? And I always love Abe in his shirt working <laughs> in the cold office. <laughs> In like a shirt and pants. <laughs> Whenever I get money, I'm going to have to like get an artist that you love to do like a custom <laughs> like painting. Even like a sweater. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, it's always fun. Um, yeah. And the the last page, the panels of Memnon saw like influencing her, influencing Liz in an, this like really horrible negative way of making her feel, you know, it's like a depression medication ad or something. It's like, are you alone? <laughs> She's yeah. like completely alone in this desert. Yeah, that's that's a big, a great tone Taunting. to end on. Yeah, yeah. I, I will say I do like also the, and it's another page that I'm disappointed that they split it up. It's supposed to be a, th of when they're they're in the circle, sort of like a two person Avengers sort of like yes moment yeah. of them her with a gun and then Liz with the fire. Why I want to call why I specifically like that is. Yeah, it is two women 
with power holding their own. Hundred yeah. percent. That is the biggest thing. But I like that that also it's Liz who's extraordinary, but then also a human who just is skilled holding her own. Yeah. It's not yeah. just saying, well, you have to be extraordinary as a woman to fucking hold your own. To do something, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, I could go off on a tangent on why I like The Last Jedi just for that reason. But we'll we'll skip over that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That'll be on our <laughs> once we're out of BPRD issues, we'll just do I, I I don't know if there are any Star Wars podcasts, but we should try yeah. to make the yeah, very first one. one. <laughs> yeah, we should try to do the very first Star Wars podcast. That's what we could call it. Very first <laughs> the Star Wars. O- the only Star Wars podcast. Very funny. I bought that Mandalorian cereal like a fucking idiot. I saw you posting it. So I funny. haven't tried it yet. We're gonna wait until we watch the issue or watch the episode. Oh, cool. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have the, there's an afterword at the very end of this. Um, Omnibus, it could be included in volume 12, I'm unsure, from Mignola. I just wanted to quickly, I just spotted a couple things that I think would be cool to just shout out. Very small. I loved that he just said this at the top. He says, when I decided I wanted someone to co-write BPRD with me, John was the only name on my list. I think that's just a fun, strong statement to start on. Because I've been, I really think Arcudi has really elevated BPRD and made it its own. Absolutely. He's he's definitely brought it up to the equal of Hellboy. Then the other thing I wanted to call out is I love this, what he says about the Black Flame in general. He says, the Black Flame came together really fast and it's pretty hard to remember who came up with what. Early on, John suggests that we create some kind of old school supervillain. I grew up reading Stan Lee and Jack Kirby Marvel comics, so I was all for it. We both loved the Black Flame character, briefly introduced in The Dead, recognizing him as the Red Skull for our BPRD universe. So what if the Red Skull made himself into Dr. Doom and then slowly turned into something else? And I just loved that. Yeah. And it makes total sense and it makes me love their progression because I like an independent comic with Mignola has done from the beginning. Is like said, I love these old classical things. I'm not built to keep those stories going but I want to take what I love from them, put them into my independent story, but then they've allowed it to, instead of becoming serial, or not serialized, but like omnipresent present is the only way I can describe Marvel where it will constantly continue to grow and who knows, the timeline will never end. This is like, well, we're just going to take those ideas, but then progress it almost in an organic living timeline that has, allows people to die, allows this character to go from Red Skull to doom to oh getting fucked over and something else which i think you down the line he'll be re- he'll be returning but yeah I don't, but i think that's just great i like <laughs> that i love the inspiration and i think it's totally great. and they made it their own it's not just like a copy of a copy and then oh there one the thing i think it was as cool is like he just gives a little description of how he worked with john he says that i think the black flame established how john and i work most of the time on this series we talk and he writes I hate typing and can't spell, but I like going to lunch and I don't mind talking on the phone. Also, John is a much better writer than I am, so the more I stay out of his way and let him do what he does, and the more he makes the characters his own, the better the book is. Again, that self-deprecation, but also praise for his his cohort in the creation. So, cool. I mean, solid work. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I think you already talked about it, but the sketch stuff, all the sketchbook stuff is very cool in this It's collection. so great. But that is it for our 
our war on frogs, really. That is, that's our closing. Any final thoughts or anything you want to you take away from completing War on Thugs and also this Black Flame? And in a sense, we just finished this omnibus collection as well of BPRD. I'm just excited to get some more answers and like really see. Yeah, I'm excited to see like what comes next, basically, after like a huge event like the like what happens in the Black Flame. I'm just like, where do you go? What's the aftermath of that? Yeah. Um, especially considering like how good 1946 was. It's like there's a lot of potential for really good stories after a big event, too. So. Yeah, I'm just excited to keep reading. I just want to keep reading it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think I think we it's cool that we're going to be ending this like season with a lot of sort of like stories that don't push the, into the next yet, which is a good way to end on our season. But like it leaves us with such excitement because it's like what does come after killing ground? <laughs> like Yeah. Like we ended with such destruction and it's like where do where how where does the BPRD go from there? And yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, Liz. I was about to call you Liz. I'm with you, Kate. Um, it is, it's very, I'm with, my excitement is just matching yours. That's all. <laughs> Hell yeah. Great. Um, you know what? I'm not, I don't think we have time for suggestions because I just want to keep, I want to get off mic so we can keep celebrating this Biden win. Yeah. Uh, Biden Harris. Hell yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. Fuck you, Trump. Fuck you, Fall down Trump. a hole. Fall down a hole. <laughs> Fall into an open manhole, you stupid fucking idiot. That would be the best way for him to go. <laughs> he just dings way. the ladder on the way down and falls down into some, like, river of shit. <laughs> and they got to go fish him out. <laughs> and it's, like, totally his fault. That's hilarious. And he, like, can't be martyred at all because he fell, like, falling down a hole. <laughs> he died. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's all. Yeah. Love it. Well, listeners, um, we want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on the war on frogs, the epilogue for the black flame, any of your thoughts on any of those stories overall, anything that we've covered in the past, anything that we'll be covering in the future. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on anything we discuss on the show. You can email us and share those thoughts at ah crap, a hellboy podcast at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Instagram at All Crap Hellboy Podcast, Twitter, All Crap Hellboy. Uh, we will try our best to always respond to direct messages or comments on anything that's posted on those formats. Just be aware that we do reserve um, sharing onto the show. If you want to have your thoughts shared on here, please email us. That's what we're going to share. Majority of the time, uh, we tend not to just, it keeps things, things simple for us. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, email us with all your thoughts um, at awcrapalboypodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to ask you, um, especially coming up on the end of our season, we're, we're definitely coming near the end of our uh, this season into the new year. Um, we'd love for you to go out of your way, go into Apple Podcasts, leave us a, a, a rating and a review. Um uh, in addition to that, though, if you give us a five-star review and that review starts with the word boom, we will re read your review right here on the show and we will praise you. We'll praise you so hard. <laughs> uh, we call those boom reviews, so please go out of your way. Give us a boom review. And if you can, just if you're whatever format you listen to the show, if you have the option to rate and review us, go ahead and do so, please. Brings others to the show, which for us, we do it for you as much as we do it for us because we love reading this stuff. Um, 
We love hearing from you. That's all I can say. Um, anything yeah. else, Kate? Anything else you want to say? Just yay. Have a great day, everybody. <laughs> yeah, whatever day you're listening to this, have a great day. Yeah. We're moving forward with positivity in the world. You know, we got hard work ahead of us. Let's get to yeah. it. And yeah. Thank you again for listening. And remember, we love you. Great. Uh, Kate, I have to go take Beth a pen. Real quick. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. So give me one sec. I'm just Sounds good. It. I'm just I'm not stopping recording. I'm just letting it go. Okay, cool. I'll let it go too. Do you know what an NPE is? Yeah, that's okay. No one does. It's a non-paternal event, and it's what they call it when you do a DNA test and find out that you actually are the milkman's son, or your parents used a sperm donor, or you were adopted and no one ever told you. I'm Eve Sturgis, host of Everything's Relative, where I invite my guests to talk about DNA discoveries and how spitting into a tube has changed their lives for better or worse. Episodes are out every other Friday. Find them on Campfire Media or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. Campfire.